1: and i
2: And floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And
0: I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us with your do it yourself dilemma 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974, because we're here to help you get the job done. Want to work on a curb appeal project this weekend? Pick up the phone and call us at 888 Money Pit. Maybe you want to tackle an inside improvement, we can help at 888 666 3974. Hey, maybe you want to make your home more energy efficient, a home improvement project that is always a good idea. You know, the Department of Energy has announced actually a revised criteria now for these Energy Star Compact Fluorescent Light Bulbs. They're going to be available, Leslie, for everything from chandeliers down to night lights.
0: Which is fantastic because that's always been sort of the reason why, I hate to say it, but I've been hesitant to fully convert because we have a lot of candelabra bulbs in the house.
2: Well, we're going to have those tips coming up in just a bit.
0: And we've also got for you guys another way to save money and the planet. We're going to teach you all about some all-natural cleaning solutions. And we're going to tell you how to clean a tile floor with an ingredient that you've got in your pantry right now. That's ahead in a few minutes.
2: Also, some cleaning solutions for your kitchen. In particular, how to take care of that kitchen exhaust fan, which always gets really stinky from at least if you cook the way I do.
0: (laughs) That would be because you're burning things, Tom. The
2: thing is, though, if you don't clean it, it, it really smells up the house. And actually, it can become pretty dangerous. So we'll give you some tips. Tips on how to do just that,
0: and we've got a great prize this hour. We're giving away something that all of you nature lovers out there are just going to adore. It's a bird feeder and seed from our friends at Scotts.
2: That's worth 175 bucks. So let's get going. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first?
0: June in Utah has a tiling question. What can we do for you today? Okay, we have a fireplace that in our home. The home was built in
3: 1960, and it is stone. And we'd like to modernize it with granite
0: squares. Can we put the granite squares right on top of that tile stone? Well, you should be able to just use a mastic that's appropriate for granite, correct, and adhere right to that as long as the surface is smooth. What do you think, Tom?
2: Well, I think if it's fairly flat, then I don't see a reason why you can't go on top of it. As long as it's flat and secure, yeah. I think you can go over it.
0: Okay. And it is, and that's very helpful. Okay, thanks so much.
2: You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: We've got an HVAC question with Charlie. What can we do for you today?
3: We have just built a new home, and we have uh, eight tons of an uh, HVAC system, and <clears throat> our furnace is ran off of propane. We're in more of a rural area, and our propane bill is just ungodly, unsightly, and so I was trying to consider what the benefit would be to maybe going to a heat pump and maybe have the heat pump warm the house, say, up to about 38 or 40 degrees, and then switch to a furnace. I just wanted to get your opinion on that.
2: The way a heat pump works is it only maintains the temperature between what you set it at and what it actually is um, across about a 2-degree spread. So if you set it at, say, uh, you know 72 and it falls to 70, the heat pump stays on, but it falls to 69, the heat pump goes off. and actually brings on the electric resistance furnace, and that costs about two to three times as much to operate as the heat pump. So you want to make sure that you are, in fact, not using the thermostat, kind of rising and up and down. In terms of whether it will be less expensive to run off of propane, it could be. uh, But then again, you've got all the upfront costs of investing in new equipment.
3: What's more or less the ratio on something like that? Because like our propane bill last month was nine hundred dollars.
2: And what was your electric bill?
3: Uh two hundred.
2: Well, I have a feeling that as high as these costs are, that it's probably more efficient to run off the propane than it will to run off a straight electric. Even a heat pump. If you had a ground loop heat pump, probably it would be more efficient, but a straight electric heat pump. Probably not as efficient. You know what you might want to think about doing, Charlie, is having an energy audit done? Because there could be other reasons that you have a $900 propane bill. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Charlie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and now is the perfect time of year to give your Money Pit a top bottom cleaning. I mean, a really thorough one. It is spring after all. And don't feel bad because Tom and I do it too in our houses and we're not that fond of it either. But we can help you get started. Do it right. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
2: 888-666-3974. Up next, we'll start that cleaning project in your kitchen with some tips to keep your exhaust fans running right and safe.
4: For more information, visit thermatrue.com.
2: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should pick up the phone and give us a call at one 888 Pit. Not only are you going to get an answer to your home improvement debacle that could be plaguing you at this moment, but one caller that we talk to on the air is going to have the opportunity to win. It's a good prize for all of you nature lovers out there. It's the Yankee Flipper Squirrel Proof Feeder, plus a ginormous... Bag of deluxe bird seed from Scott's. It's great for bird watching. It's going to keep those birds from eating all of that lovely lawn seed that you've just sprinkled around there to get your yard in tip top shape. And it's going to attract all types of wild birds. It's worth $175, but it could be yours for free. So give us a call now at 1 888 Money Pit.
2: 888 666 3974 is the number that you need to call right now for the answer to your home improvement question. Maybe it's about cleaning the kitchen. Maybe it's about replacing the countertop, maybe you need a new floor, we can help at 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next?
0: Sandy in New York finds the money pit on WABC. What can we do for you today? Hi, um, I just uh, finished painting my kitchen cabinet
1: inside and out. And some of the uh, outside came out okay, but some of it, it seems like part of the roller the fuzz from the roller
0: came off. Oh, you see some of the nap or the hair the nap, in the exactly. paint. Exactly. Do you see the fibers, or you just see the sort of the pattern that they made? Yeah, it
1: looks like little pieces or dots or something on the outside. It looks ugly. Yeah, did you use new rollers? All new rollers.
2: Huh? That's rather unusual uh, it? F- for it for it to come in. I can't imagine. I can't. I don't think it's ever happened to me. But you know, if you had a bad roller, I guess it's possible. Unfortunately, now if it's embedded into the paint, the paint's dry. There's nothing that you can do short of sanding it down to a flat surface and putting an additional coat on. Yeah,
0: redoing that that area.
2: If you want to be um, super sure to not have the problem again, uh-huh. try try the foam rollers. Foam I think foam rollers it gives it pretty give smooth, yeah. a
0: very smooth finish. Do they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they give a little bit of texture depending on how hard you press into it as you're rolling, but oh, it's I really think. great for smooth surfaces to get a nice, good flow of paint and make it. look even. Can I go really over even. this
1: with a, a foam roller once I sand yeah, it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's also um, nice for a small project like like a kitchen cabinet where you don't want to use a big 12-inch wide roller. You can use the smaller ones that are only about four inches wide. Yeah, the wide. little hot dog a lot roller. Easier to, yeah, a lot easier to handle.
0: Also, Sandy, make sure that when you sand down the area that's given you some trouble, as you're repainting on top of the, the the area that was problematic and then the area around it, make sure you sort of feather your paint out around it so you don't end up with this harsh line of where the new paint job and the old paint job When you job say feather
1: are. it, what do you mean?
0: Take, you know, roll it out and then take a brush and sort of wisp it away into the paint that's already oh, there. So oh, it's okay. not just a harsh line. Let it sort of flow loosely into I the got other you. one.
1: Okay, I'll try that. And what um, number of sandpaper should I use?
2: Uh, about 150 first, and then I would, I would do a second uh, sanding with about 220.
1: Okay, great. Oh, that sounds terrific. I'll give it oh, a shot. Oh, and by the
2: way, Sandy, make sure you use a tack cloth to pull out all that dust before oh, you yeah, the do. Oh, yeah. I do. I have some left. All right, good girl. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks 888 so Money Pit.
0: Marilyn in California, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I'm the president of a homeowners association
1: in a condo building. We have six small townhouses and one water heater. It's about 16 years old, and one of these days it's going to go. And I've been wondering if it's possible to use a tankless water heater to replace this for, you know, six units.
2: Absolutely. Well, it would be a tankless per unit, correct? Not necessarily, Leslie. It depends on the size. Now, you would have to have it sized correctly by the plumber that installed it, but it might be that a single tankless could do it, or there could be a series of two or three tankless that are hooked up together side by side that work together. This is a very common uh, situation in a commercial building, and very often the solution is uh, some number of water heaters hooked up in series, but they have to be done correctly because they're all computer Controlled, in order to keep that flow where it needs to be, um, it need they need to be properly installed. But certainly, tankless is a good option. I presume here, Marilyn, that you have gas fired. Water we do
1: but okay. here's here's an issue because i've been in some condos where they had them in individual units and one person i know had it retrofitted and it's on the third story and it takes forever to get hot water in her kitchen downstairs and we have a pump a circulating pump that keeps hot water going for a good portion of the day I so see. how do you stop from having to use a lot of water mm. to get to your hot water or could you
2: Well, you would have to do some new plumbing. Uh The advantage of tankless water heaters is that they're small. I don't know if you one per unit, but maybe one per floor or something like that. You may be able to get additional ones. But remember, that's going to require additional plumbing work to close that loop. The idea that you're circulating a hot water loop throughout the whole building is wasting an enormous amount of energy, an enormous amount. And I'd love to see you find a solution around that. But I think that at this point, considering the age of that unit it's a good idea to bring right. in a good contractor or a number of them and give, let them give you some options and some pricing uh, for those options because, as an association, you have the ability to fund that perhaps over some number of years, so it wouldn't be a dramatic cost all at the same time.
1: Okay. All right. I really appreciate all that feedback. And You're I welcome, love Carol. your
0: show. I listen to it
2: every week. Thanks so much.
0: Now we're going to help Mark in New York with a heating question. What's going on at your Money Pit?
2: Bought a house three years ago, and it's time to update the heating system. Okay. Um, so my question
5: is, is, I have an old oil heater, and uh, old by 30 years, mm-hmm. um, heated by radiator heats, um, you know, th- converted from steam now to water. So the pipes are about three inches big. So my question is, is,
2: How should I um, upgrade? If you have a 30-year-old boiler, you have an old honking oil burner, you want to update it, I think installing a gas, modern, high-efficiency boiler would be the right thing to do because it's going to save you a lot of money moving forward.
5: Okay, great. Thank you very much, guys. I'll look into
2: that. All right, Mark. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT.
0: If you've got squeaky floors, you might be our friend Cheryl in Massachusetts. Tell us about what's going on. (laughs) We just moved in, and I was wondering what we
3: needed to do about if we're walking on the floors, and all we hear is, you know, squeaking. Um, we want to lay carpet, so we were just wondering if there's something we needed to do before we did that.
2: Well, Cheryl, what kind of flooring do you have right now? Is it carpet or hardwood?
3: It is very, very old hardwood, 1850 um, pine, probably. It's a floor with the spaces
2: in between, pretty much. Ah. (laughs) Well, Cheryl, then you need to think about uh, those floors by their technical definition, which is charm. Okay. You can quiet them somewhat, and we'll tell you what to do, and it certainly is a good idea. What you would want to do is you would want to screw the floor down to the joist below. So you need to identify where the joists are and you would face screw through the loose boards down. And once you do that, they'll pull tight to the floor joist, and they won't squeak nearly as much. Uh, have you considered refinishing these? Because it sounds like they're pretty beautiful. We actually
3: just had, We're very, you know, we're from the South originally, so we want, we love, you know, carpet being upstairs. And so I think that's what we would do, you know, in the end.
0: Well, you know what? In the long run, if you go ahead and put carpeting down, it usually does very little damage to the hardwood floor below. You just dealing with some tack strips along the perimeter of the room. So if you do decide at some point to go back to the hardwood and refinish and repair, you'll at least be protecting the floor with the carpet. And carpet's a good choice. It's nice and cozy.
2: Yeah, except if she really wants to quiet the floor down, then you really have to screw those floors to the joist below, and to do that, you're going to have a lot of visible screws unless you take the time to counterbore each one, Unplug which is another problem, poss- and plug them. Yep, exactly.
3: Okay, and if we did decide just to refinish the hardwood where we have a lot of nails showing, how would we? Um, you said just. We would
2: have to screw it down. yeah. And what you would do is you would either use a trim screw, which has a really small head and sort of counterbores itself right through the floor, or you would actually use a plug and cover... The top of the head of the screw, but you know, okay. screws are the best way to quiet those floors because if you use nails, they eventually just pull back out again.
0: Okay, and Cheryl, the plugs are going to be wood plugs that you're going to drill a hole that's going to sit right on top of it, it's going to fill right in with this wood plug, and then you'll stain it and you won't even notice it. Awesome,
2: Cheryl. Hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Rick in Texas has a question about radiant barriers for the attic. What can we do for you?
1: My um, question is, I'm um thinking about having a radiant barrier sprayed in underneath uh, my roof. And someone told me that it wasn't the best way to do the radiant barrier.
2: That it was not the best way to do the radiant barrier?
1: Right. That there was something besides spray. And I, that's one the, the only way I know to do it.
2: Uh, right. Well, radiant barriers typically do go under the roof and they reflect the sun from the outside back out. And they also keep the heat that emanates up into the interior space back down.
1: But what they do, they, they spray it. And is there anything better than that?
2: Rick, there are really two common applications. You know, the one that you're talking about is a spray-on, and most of them are sheet products, but either of them will work very good. Let me point you to a great website for additional information. It's uh, the website for the Reflective Insulation Manufacturers Association. It's Rima, R-I-M-A dot net. And there you're going to find all of the technical data on the various types of reflective barriers, radiant barriers, and you can make your choice based on the data that you find right there. It's a good independent organization with some great technical details about this product. Rima, R-I-M-A dot net. Okay. Thanks so much for calling us at one Money Pit 888 3974 When we come back, we'll have some tips to keep your tile floor looking like new using a natural ingredient found in your kitchen right now.
4: Portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now,
2: here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler,
4: and I'm Leslie Segretti,
2: and our website is moneypit.com, where we have for you a treasure trove of resources to help you improve your house 24 seven, three sixty five. And you can check out our tip of the day and learn how to get a new one every day on your website. You can even look up our project of the week and check out the monthly maintenance calendar if you're saying, gosh, I don't know what I should do this weekend. (laughs) Hey, we can help at moneypit.com. While you're there, sign up for the free Money Pit e-newsletter. All that information is designed to help you keep your house in tip-top shape.
0: Yeah, and just one of the hundreds of tips that you'll find on our website are natural cleaning solutions. And here's a good one for you because I know a lot of you out there have tile floors, maybe in your basement, laundry rooms, bathrooms. You've probably got them in a lot of places, especially if you're listening down south. To clean tile floors inexpensively and stay environmentally friendly to you, your home, yourself, your health, the environment. You want to make a solution of white vinegar and water. You've got both of those things in your house right now. I guarantee it. The vinegar cleans and then it shines without leaving any streaks on the floor. Plus, it's less than half the cost of those expensive chemical tile cleansers that you're going to find at the big box stores. And it's a natural product. It's safe for everyone. So give it a try. You will be happy. I guarantee.
2: 888-666-3974. Let's go right back to the phones. Who's next?
0: Albert in Wisconsin's got the number one question here at the Money Pit, flooring. What can we do for you, Albert?
2: I went,
5: and I, my wife says to me, she says, if you refinish the basement, you could buy a new cycle. Okay. So, that's <laughs> what I did. Okay. I, I went and I remodeled the basement, and this is before I listened to you saying never, ever, ever put carpet in a basement. But before I put the carpet in, I put plastic on the walls and on the floors. I put polystyrene on the outside walls. I also put radiant heat tubing, half-inch PEX, on the floor. I put three-quarter inch plywood down with the uh, PEX tubing underneath that, zigzag back and forth. All of it is over plastic. And now my big question is, now that it's all done, am I going to have a water problem?
2: Albert, I wouldn't worry too much about it. And I will say that uh, since you've taken all these steps to make your basement as dry as possible, plus you have heat under the floor, you've reduced some of the risks of having carpet in the basement. Generally, we don't recommend it, though, because basements are very moist and carpet is uh, very attractive to dust mites and it's hard to get clean. Mold and And allergens. Yeah. So that's why we don't recommend it. But having said that, the fact that you've got a heated floor with carpet on top of it reduces your your risk significantly. So I think you're going to be fine. So enjoy it, Albert.
0: And now we've got Kristen from Ohio who's got a question about flooring. What can we do for you today? Right now, I am looking at different options for flooring in my kitchen. Okay. And
3: I'm looking towards the hardwood flooring, but I'm not really sure. There's a lot of options out there.
0: I don't know what your recommendation would be.
2: Well, hardwood floors in the kitchen are beautiful, but remember, they're going to take a lot of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple you're of dealing
0: things- with higher moisture levels because it's a kitchen.
2: Exactly. You know, what you might want to think about as an alternative to solid hardwood is what's called engineered hardwood. That hardwood floor is a lot more moisture resistant because it's made of different layers of hardwood. Like a plywood. Exactly. And it's dimensionally stable. And that would give you, you know, the beauty of hardwood. Also, the finishes on them are super, super tough. The pre-finished floors because they're made with an aluminum oxide finish. So it will give you that durability. And the installation is a lot easier because you don't have to sort of nail the hardwood floor, the solid hardwood down. A lot of these sort of click together or they assemble very easily. And it really can be a do-it-yourself project.
0: There's also some other great options for kitchens. You can go with laminates and you can even go with cork flooring. Cork's a little bit softer, but it's also equally very, very durable. And it's a great look for the kitchen. And it's also eco-friendly.
2: You know, a good website for you to check out, uh, Kristen, is simplefloors.com. Not only do they sell all types of flooring online there, they can take care of the delivery, get it right to your house. And in a lot of states, there's no tax on the purchase. Mm
0: -hmm. And you know what? The website has wonderful installation guides that go along with the product. So if you're thinking about a do-it-yourself project, it really couldn't be simpler. Right,
3: right. Okay, that's
0: wonderful advice, and I really, really appreciate that.
2: You're welcome, Kristen. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we've got new ways and better products that are going to help you save money and energy. So stick around. On the Money
2: Pit Radio
1: Show.
4: This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI power tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
2: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
4: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: The number here is Pit. Ask your home improvement question on the air. And you can win our weekly prize this hour. It's the Yankee Flipper Squirrel Proof Bird Feeder and a big bag of Scott's Wild Bird Seed. To keep it full for quite a while, your yard will be bird heaven. You'll be able to enjoy your feathered friends in the neighborhood. It's a prize worth $175, but you got to call to win one Money Pit and have a home improvement question for us.
0: And that's a mother and nature prize that we're giving away this hour. And since we love to be green to our mother earth, you've heard us talk about compact fluorescent light bulbs. We call them CFLs. And they save you money and they also save energy, which is great. All keeping costs down and good to our earth. But good news, because there's been a lot of sort of You know, issues with these bulbs. They're not available for every type of fixture that you might have. How do you dispose of them? Well, the Department of Energy is going to be soon saving Americans 30 billion more dollars over the next five years. It's because they're tackling these issues. They're building new categories for these CFLs, including candelabra bulbs, which I am so grateful and thankful and awaiting the arrival of these. And the bulbs are now required to have less mercury and a more rigorous testing procedure that's going to help them get that energy Star label. So rest assured they're becoming more and more efficient and good for you. We've got more tips. And what you want to do is you want to check out the new video podcast that Tom hosted for our friends over at Energy Star. And he's going to take you on a room by room tour, giving you energy saving tips everywhere he goes. So make sure you check that out by visiting energystar.gov.
2: 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next?
0: We've got Texas on the line with Gary, who's got cracks on the inside and outside. Tell us about them. Where are you seeing them? Are they new? Are they big?
5: Yes, I have cracks outside. We've been in the house three years, and after we've been in the house about six months, they started on the outside of the house, and then eventually they started on the inside of the house. The builder came in and patched the ones on the inside, but they just kept getting bigger and bigger on the outside. I have gaps in the brick up to an inch in several places outside and inside they have repaired the cracks twice and I have cracks continually coming up. The builders had his engineer here and they've done all sorts of foundation testing and everything and last Friday they told me that they can find nothing wrong with the house and just simply contact my 210 warranty company.
2: Uh, Listen, you got a serious problem here, Gary, and you need to get some independent expert advice. And I don't mean from the builder's engineer. If you have cracks that are continuing to reform, you have an active problem with your foundation. And I would do two things I would get an independent expert to review this preferably a structural engineer and secondly if you haven't done it yet make sure that you are notifying not only the builder but the warranty company of the ongoing structural problems with your home and actually there's one more thing you may want to also consult an attorney because I got to tell you that uh, those warranty programs are written to protect the builders not the consumers they right. love to wrap that around you like it's a warm blanket but it's really a wet blanket and it doesn't have a lot of protection so you really need to take some steps to protect your investment here the fact that this home, they continue to patch this home and it continues to open up to the point where you have gaps of one inch is a very serious structural problem. And any engineer that says otherwise is just not being forthright with you.
5: Okay. Well, the engineer told me that in the initial uh, package that was given to him by the builder, my back patio was not on that package. But now the roof line comes down and goes over the back patio, which was the way the house was originally built. Uh and he said the house was not approved to have that on there.
2: Well, I mean, these are problems. This is why you hire a builder. They're supposed to be responsible for making sure the home is built safely in accordance with plans, and if it's not, it's not your fault. So you need to protect yourself here, Gary. Talk to an attorney, get a good engineer to review that, and find out what's going on, and once you have the information, then you can determine what the next step should be. Okay, sir. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Now we're going to welcome Juanita from North Carolina with a painting question. What can we do for you today? Uh, I'd like to know, please, what you know about the liquid ceramic
1: paint. Uh, I understand that it's considerably more expensive, and it's something that originated in Canada maybe 20-something years ago. I understand it goes on, um, like, really thick as far as so many mils thick uh, compared to regular paint and that it it breathes. And I just wondered if you had any uh, feedback or any information on that.
2: Juanita, I am not that familiar with liquid ceramic as a coating in particular, Um, but we did do a little research about it on on their website. And my sense is that it's a product that is sold to uh, professional installers or painters and that they sell it to you. Is that what's happening? Uh, Yes, sir. Okay. You know, there are a number of products out there that claim to be pretty much better than paint. And there's not much wrong with the painting products that are available today. And if they're put on properly, if the surface is prepped right, if it's primed, if there's good workmanship involved, you can get a good quality paint job today that can last you 10 plus years. So I'm not so sure that some of these alternatives to traditional paint really make any sense, especially when I read on their website that the cost of this is two to three times what it would cost for a standard paint.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But then, too, it was talking about the thickening agency was titanium dioxide.
2: Titanium dioxide is a normal ingredient in paint. There's nothing special about that. I would stick with a name brand manufacturer of paint, one that's tried and true, has got a good history behind it. And you know the main brands that are out there. I'm talking about the Sherwin-Williams, the Bears, the Benjamin Moores, the Dutch Boys. Good quality paint product like that, properly applied, is going to give you a better bang from your buck. Than anything else. Juanita, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: More great home improvement advice coming up on the Money Pit, including how the heck do you get rid of all that dated wallpaper? Well, here's a tip you don't have to rip it all down. We're going to tell you your options next. 888 Money Pit.
4: The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at GuardianGenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
2: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Or perhaps you're too shy to call. You can go to moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie. And speaking of going online, if you're thinking about going solar to save some energy, you might want to consider a geothermal system. You can learn about all of the alternative energy sources for your home by checking out my latest AOL column. To read it, Simply go to moneypit.aol.com.
0: And while you're on MoneyPit.com, don't forget to click on Ask Tom and Leslie, and you can email us your home improvement question. And this is the time in the show where we jump into that email bag. And I've got one here from Chris in Arlington, Texas, who writes, My question is about painting over wallpaper. I hate that. Is there a coating primer that can be used over firmly attached wallpaper that will make painting it a good option? If not, what do you recommend for removing the paper and prepping the wall for paint?
2: Well, according to Leslie, painting is never a good option for wallpaper. I just
0: don't like the way it looks. You can see the seams. If there's any sort of texture on that wallpaper, that's going to show through. You have to understand that it's a temporary solution. And then when you want to remove the wallpaper, now you've got two coats or three coats of primer and two coats of paint, you know, the whole thing combined on there, more layers that you have to get through to eventually take it all down to get to a fresh surface.
2: That's right. It's actually a lot harder to take the wallpaper down when it's got all that paint on top of it because the steamers don't work and the chemicals certainly don't work.
0: Well, it, the chemicals would have to get through three coats of paint.
2: Which isn't going to happen. So we would recommend strongly that you try to remove it first crisp, However, if you're dead set against removal and you do want to paint it, you should prime it. And I would recommend one of the acrylic primers like uh, Kills has one or Bear has one Uh, so that you can seal that paper first and then paint on top of it. So we don't recommend it, but if you must, Mm -hmm. make sure you prime first.
0: But don't do it. So if you want to remove it, (laughs) Tom and I disagree (laughs) a little bit on it. He hates using certain products. I don't mind diff. I think diff does a good job of sort of helping the wallpaper come off. We both agree that if you score the paper a little bit and don't get all crazy with one of those like crazy shredder tools, score it a little bit, work in sections with a rented steamer. You'll be able to sort of pull it away and then work a little bit to get rid of any glue adhesion that's behind there. Get it smooth, then prime, then paint. You'll be much happier in the long run, especially if it's a place you just bought or something.
2: All right. We've got an email here from Charles in Brooklyn, New York. He says, my wood parquet floor in the dining room is 10 years old. One area is bubbling up. I think it's from a leak I had in my radiator. The leak is fixed. How can I save this section of the floor or do I have to replace Generally, you cannot save a water damaged floor once it starts to warp and pop up. But if it's up.
0: parquet, it's generally like in 12-inch tiles, correct?
2: It, it might be, in fact, possible to disassemble the damaged area of the floor and then re-glue it down. But if it's physically buckled and twisted up, probably not going to happen and you may have to replace it. Next email comes from Asbury in Somerset, New Jersey, who says, how do you get rid of squirrels in the attic? My favorite tool for that is the have a heart traps.
0: They work, they're friendly, they don't harm the animals. And the best of all is once they get in there, you can just drive them to a park and set them free.
2: And a little trick of the trade is if you use an apple for bait, which is great, wire it to the inside of the cage. So they don't run off with it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. It's about all the time we have, but the show does continue online at moneypit.com, where you can sign up for the free Money Pit e-newsletter and check out the Find a Project tool. We've basically collected all the information we've ever written about every home improvement topic and made it easier for you to find just by choosing your project at the Find a Product section of MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Remember, you can do it yourself.
0: But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a
1: Money Pit.